I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome in to episode number 237 of the allegedly award-nominated, still number nine ranked, question mark, I think, and of course viewable on YouTube, Outside the Box Podcast, live from Underground Studios, it's KB and Deej, Deej is in the building, it's the start of the PLL playoffs, we're recording this on Friday afternoon, and this will be in your YouTube feeds while we're on our way to Boston. <laughs> Yep, we'll be in Foxborough, Boston, whatever you want to call it. We'll be there. Come say what's up. Let's enjoy these playoffs. We got a, a doozy of a schedule. Uh, we're going to talk about fate of a sport later on in the show. And if you missed it, we got the one and only recurring guest, head coach, friend of the program of the Redwoods Lacrosse Club, Nat St. Laurent on the pod. He gave us 40 minutes during a playoff prep week. Yep. Come on. Come on. He gets down with us big time. Some big time quotes, drops, and a call out that is in the works of being managed. Kyle Harrison is allegedly coming on the pod at some point. We're working on the scheduling, but he is confirmed coming on the podcast, which is that's he's been a white whale since 2019, since before DJ was my co-host. We've been trying to get Kyle Harrison on the show. Uh, and now it looks like it is closer and closer to being a reality. Once we have those dates, you'll fucking know about it. Uh, cause we are very excited to have uncle Kyle on the podcast. Oh yeah. And I think floodgates open from there. I think bringing him on really expands and we can start bringing on some other names we've been trying to bring on for a while and, and we'll really take, take off. With oh yeah. So stay tuned for that, but also stay tuned for Nat St. Laurent later on in the show. Uh, but make sure you guys are following us on the socials because we're going to have playoff coverage for you all weekend long, live from Gillette Stadium at OTB Laxpod, Twitter, Instagram. Follow DJ on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews because uh, it does go a long way for more people to find the show. It goes a long way for us to just legitimize what we're doing. And uh, we just want to keep making kick-ass content for you guys. So make sure you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe as I do some live editing here because I just noticed that words were way too close to each other on the ticker. 
subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel as well because you'll get full video episodes, full video interviews. Last week, Joe Resiteritz. This week, Nat St. Laurent. We're getting back on our interview grind, back on our guest grind. Uh, you get full video episodes of OTB and all your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below your predictions for Boston weekend, who you think is winning the PLL championship. Uh, and, of course, give us your – give us. this is what you guys can do for us because lacrosse is, is becoming very much year-round. And DJ is going to be here next week for the NLL draft because that's on Saturday before we go to D.C. for the PLL semifinals. If you are an avid box lacrosse fan, avid NLL fan, drop some guys we should go check out on film in the comment section. Like, being so serious, comment down below top five guys we should go look up on film that are going to be NLL draft prospects because uh, we're going to need to brush up because we don't really know too many guys that are draft eligible now. Like, now that, you know, both COVID years have kind of gone by a little bit, we're kind of getting back to the normalcy of the NLL draft and who's eligible and everything. Uh, so let us know, because outside of Brett Dobson, <laughs> we don't really know too much about these guys. So drop down uh, in the comment section who we should be checking out for this upcoming NLL draft, which is quickly approaching. Shout out to our sponsors who make this show happen. Tomahawk Shades, please get back to us so we can find DJ's lost package. I was going through something, not with Tomahawk Shades, but something similar where one of my packages was recently lost. I was getting very distraught because it's some kick-ass, hashtag not a sponsor, uh, a certain company that has a swoosh for their icon socks to go with my fresh new booth kicks. And the socks still hadn't arrived, and the only like high socks I own are Adidas not a sponsor. So I've been waiting. They are finally here, but Tomahawk shades, please get back to us. DJ needs his shades because he's going to go blind during, during these playoffs out in the sun without his Tomahawk shades. I thankfully enough last night, we, we postponed recording until you were here because we were both exhausted from our day on Thursday. I literally had to do my fantasy draft and everything last night for fantasy football with my blue light glasses on. I wasn't even staring at a screen, but I needed that, like, placebo of my eyes need rest. So let me put these blue light and it kind of worked. Whether or not it was placebo or actual, it worked. Uh, but you guys can get your own at TomahawkShades.com. Use code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. Kenwood Beer, new merch in the store. The Kenny rope hats, they look beautiful. Deej can attest now that he's seeing it in person. The rope hats, beautiful. It's a bad day to be a Kenny hat or a shirt, beautiful. Go cop them. They're not going to be around for long. Go get them. They're going to sell out quick. And use the all-new improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area to enjoy these PLL playoffs. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And the homies over at Bino Board. Go to BinoBoard.com. DJ, I don't know if you saw on their Instagram. Starting this past week and every week leading up to the World Cup, Bino will be dropping a new World Cup-inspired board. I did see that. Boncos. I'm excited, dude. I might wait wait those out before I get my custom board. Maybe I'll just get one of those. Every board stuff. coming with a World Cup-inspired carrying case as well when you order those. 
Go to BinoBoard.com and use code BinoUSP for 10% off your order at BinoBoard.com. It's been a long time since we've had games, Deej. It's been a long, long bye week. We are finally on the precipice of the PLL playoffs, though. We've got some kick-ass matchups, and we don't have anything to recap. So we're going to dive right into our postseason breakdown, our quarterfinals breakdown. Let's start with that early game. 12.30, I believe, is the start time, if not noon, noon. itself. It's noon. It's an early one. We're going to probably be zombies for the first half of that. I'm uh, sure. But noon gets kicked off with Chrome, first postseason appearance in franchise history. Yep, yep. Taking on the 2022 version of the defending champs, a.k.a. the 2.8% chaos lacrosse club this matchup is going to be physical it's going to be gritty these two teams were tied 9-9 in the fourth quarter in denver it got chippy on the sidelines between mike manley and chase frazier i don't know if you saw chase's tweet yesterday when they put the percentages out uh for everything he said 2.8 percent uh at least that's higher than my gpa <laughs> Chase, <laughs> I love that. That's like the best chirp. Yes, that is like the best chirp. That's like some M. That's some Eminem level chirping. Like, oh yeah, I, you can say what you want, but like I'm gonna just chirp myself harder, and then you have absolutely nothing to say. Like, he's probably gonna come out and drop double his GPA in points. <laughs> so we have a, a locker room full of champions, one way or another with chaos and we have a locker room full of first time PLL postseason appearing Chrome Lacrosse Club. Uh Coach Sudo, head coach of the year nominee. This mat I'm I'm very excited for this matchup simply because I think a lot of people are going to underestimate Chaos yet again. We were talking about this on our way back from the airport. This game is going to be a lot closer than people are, like, making it out to be. Like, it would not shock us if this is a one-goal game, if this is an overtime game, or if somehow, someway, Chaos just pulls through and wins this game. But then I also said I wouldn't be surprised if it's a complete blowout either. Like, I don't think that we're going to get one of the two extremes. It's either going to be a complete blowout or it's going to be a way closer game than what people think it should be. We're not going to get this five six seven goal game like people think we're either going to get a game where chrome wins by like 10 or 11 or they win by one or two it's going to be extremely close and that is all dependent on chaos we've seen how chrome has played all year they've played very consistently all year they've done the same things all year we know what to expect from that side of the ball what we get from chaos is like reaching in the mystery bag with your eyes closed, blindfolded, with your back turned. You literally have absolutely no clue what's coming out. You just get what you get. Which, I mean, I kind of like it. You mm -hmm. know, and, and moving into the playoffs, as long as they're positive, they mentioned that in pressers a couple weeks ago, that they felt very good about where they were, even though they didn't come out on a win. They felt good with that last game. It's scary facing a team that has won a championship before. Yeah. They've been here. They know. They're not really concerned. Less than a year removed from a championship. Like when I when I look at the PLL, there are three teams that I think approach the season differently than everyone else. It's 
the woods, the whips, and chaos. They look at it as we just have to get to the playoffs. Everyone else is like, we need to ball out to get our best possible seed to do this, mm-hmm. do that. Those three are like, let's just get to the playoffs and we'll figure everything else out. And I think there. the two teams that we'll talk about last, they're getting into that stratosphere. Yes. I think starting this year. It's like, let's just get there. Doesn't kind of really matter where, but let's just get there. But they're just starting to get into that and stratosphere with those other three teams you mentioned have been there since year one. And I would say my our, our homies team that he loves so much is a little bit closer than the other team mm-hmm. in, in that respect. Um, I almost, I literally like almost have them there. Like I pretty much would say next year they're a team that's looking to just get in yep. and they don't care about their seed. So it's it's going to be interesting to see the different dynamic between emotions and how they approach this mentally and like an attitude wise, like coming out, having no experience at all and like not really supposed to be in the position you're in. How do you handle that on the Chrome side? And then chaos being in a position they didn't expect to be in themselves. And, and, you know, they put a lot of um, expectations on themselves and where they wanted to be fell short. How do they bounce back and respond to that now that they're, you know, expected to be a one or two seed and they're literally hanging on by threats. Yeah. I think this matchup comes down to three key factors. One, our, which is one that our boy Austin Owens wrote about on the PLL website, Josh Byrne versus JT Giles Harris. That's kind of an, a gimme, along with the flip side of that being Jack Rowlett versus Logan Wisnowskis. I think the other thing to take away from this is like, yes, Chaos had a down year, and a lot of people are probably pegging that on the defense and seeing like Blaze wasn't the Blaze from last year. It's because they were forced to play more defense because Chaos all year didn't even eclipse 100 goals this year. was part of that because for the first three, four weeks, they were running, you know, uh, a practice squad team almost. Yes. But it took a while for their regular guys to get going and clicking, and they only won one game with those guys. Or, or did they win two with everyone back? I think it's two with two with everyone back. back. So, but I mean, I told you that was gonna happen. Yeah, you called me crazy. <laughs> you called me crazy. You're like, no, they're fine. They've been playing all year. They're in shape. I'm like, nah. Well, man, certain guys shit. were fine. It just didn't click as a team. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Dane looked. Oh yeah, like Dane, Dane Smith Dane for and Josh have looked fine. Dane looked like Dane for like ninety percent of the season. I would even say Connor has come. Connor Field has come back and looked fine for the Archers. Yeah, like you know, it's some. I would say like those Chase has for been the fine. Most part those guys look okay but it, it, i don't know it's playing field and playing box is is different especially in the team dynamic and and throwing those guys in four mm-hmm. weeks three four weeks in is, is tough my other thing is that they're the chaos leading ground ball getter is cj costabile versus connor farrell who has 90 ground balls this year for chrome where oh. cj has 29 that's that's a tip scale in for terms sure of you know connor being face off more than literally more than 60 percent of his ground balls are right off the face to mm-hmm. himself where literally, there's literally no one around so there's a little bit of that and it's chaos hasn't had a consistent reliable face off guy so they don't have anyone at that par that's having that opportunity at quick ground balls like you know, you look across every other team, 
they're on par with Connor Farrell, and it's probably their faceoff guy who has 90-so ground balls. Trevor's got almost 100. Nardella has almost 100. TD's creeping up at, uh, I think he has 70-some, 80-some. That's just, you know, that's how that position goes. So, like, I understand why it looks that way because, one, CJ takes face off. So, like, he's slower in having the pole or he's on the wing. So, like, his opportunities at ground balls are either coming out, one that gets pushed mm-hmm. out on the wing, or making a defensive play, which is a lot harder than they make it look. So, I understand the disparity there, but it is still a concern. Yeah. Because they – chaos isn't getting a lot of possession already so you have to create possession and ground balls is a great way to create possession and then the other thing is cause turnovers cause turnovers mike manley's been a force this year and then you have chaos is leading turnover creator it's the boy pat resh i mean which going into the season if i would have told you way back in may with, you know, predictions, if we were to have gone this detailed in them, that the 2022 leading player for cause turnovers on Chaos Lacrosse Club is Pat Resch. I mean, I would laugh you, at you. You would have called me crazy. I would have laughed at you. Absolutely. I think 99% of people would have called me crazy, and the only people that wouldn't have called me crazy were Pat Resch and Pat Resch's dad. And and maybe Andy's hours. Yeah. Honestly. And, and But, I mean, I like that. You know, like, it's it says a lot about not only the trust they have in their short stick D mids, but how good they are. It's hard to create turnovers with a deep hole, let alone a short stick, and to do it nine times in a season with as good as offensive players as the PLL has, like, that says something. But it also says – this is hard for me, though, because I don't want to say that Jack, Jared, and BK aren't as good of defenders as anyone else, like Mike Manley or Garrett Eppel, who have 15, 13 cost turnovers – they just don't get dodged on right. in the same way. Guy, when, when a guy dodges on Jack or Jared, they they do it very methodically. They think about it, and they use a move that's either going to work or they're going to get enough space to get the ball off. That's it. Like, there's no uh, there's no room for error when they go against those guys, and they know that, so they take precaution going against that. So it's kind of like that goes against their numbers as well. Like I, I always think- tell people numbers don't lie, but they don't tell the full truth either. I think if Chaos wants to win, they gotta hit twos. Yeah, I would. I would agree. They gotta hit twos because Chrome are not, you know, they're not a team that relies on necessarily needing to hit the two. Um, they can. They have guys that can do it, but Chaos has the ability to shift a game into their favor with guys like Troy Ray, Jared Newman, C.J. Costabile, uh, you know. The list goes on and on. Like, I'm blanking because there's so many guys on that team that can hit from two. Uh, I mean, we've seen Josh Byrne multiple times this year wind up from two and miss, but he's taken those opportunities. Mac. Mac O'Keefe can hit from two. Um, I mean, Dan could if he really tried. Yeah, you know, like, they have range on this team to, to hit from almost anywhere. The most recent matchups for these teams, week nine, obviously, we talked about where it was 9-9 going into the fourth quarter, Chrome one thirteen nine. Chaos beat them last year, August 1st, 2021, but all the way back in week seven of the season, 14 to 12. And then in the bubble, Chaos beat Chrome 19-14. To me, you can't even look at the 2021 or the bubble matchups because that Chrome team was so different. 
the one that they really need to study film on is this one. And if Chaos want to be in this in the fourth quarter, Max Adler's got to be facing off going into the fourth quarter at at least 42%. Because that'll show that they're getting at least a bit more possession. Because we know how good Chaos's wing play can be. And that'll show that they're kind of like gritting away at this thing. They like Max Adler can't be facing off under 30%, under 40% if Chaos won to win this game. Will it happen? Who's to say? It's it's hard for me though because I know that the driving force of this Chaos team is their defense and plays. And they could go out and play like crazy and Max could go 35 36% from the X and they could win. And it and like that's why it's so hard to talk about this with this team. And and I'd say the only other team that has that same effect is the Archers. Mm-hmm. But with them it's their offense. Their offense is so good that when they get the ball they just make it count so they don't necessarily need to win faceoffs. And Chaos is the same way. Like they just play in a way where there's so much fluidity between offense and defense and just clearing the ball, getting it out quickly, and, and taking advantage of their opportunities when they get them, that they could be a team that wins without with losing the, the faceoff battle. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a fun matchup. Um, next matchup, we're going to try to speed through the rest of these and get you guys to our interview with Nat St. Laurent. Um, speaking of Nat, Redwoods Archers in the second game on Saturday – uh, this is the three v the six. Redwoods finished four and six. Archers finished six and four. As as weird as it sounds, I feel like these two teams are eerily even. Although Redwoods won't have Eddie Glazner in this game, so that kind of takes away a bit of you know that that equalness for me. But I feel like these two teams, in a lot of ways, whether you know one team is better at this than the other one, but then this team is better than this one at the other. There's a lot of equalness about these teams, and in their last three matchups um, that are here on the uh, the breakdown, obviously this season, July 1st, it was a 10-9 win for the Archers back in Week 5. Uh, in Week 7 of 2021, the Archers won 15-12, and then in the playoffs in 2019, Redwoods beat Archers 16-12. Obviously, that game in Ohio that DJ and I were both at, but didn't even know each other existed at the time. Um, this game's going to be predicated quite honestly. I think at the faceoff stripe TD has a clear advantage just in terms of knowing that PLL cadence and, you know, obviously he's got the, the full season under his belt pretty much as compared to Justin Inacio, who has gotten better, uh, as the season's gone on, but, I certainly trust TD at the stripe. And then I think this is a goalie battle. I think this comes a big portion of this game is going to come down to Jack Kelly and Adam Gittleman. I could see that. I could see that. Um, Who both had eerily similar seasons looking at their stats. Yeah. They, they did, and, and they've been big parts of their teams and, and keeping their defenses in it, who have both dealt with uh, some wavering problems of their own. Like, you know, for the Woods, it's been mostly 
injury stuff that's been their yep. problems. But Archer's has just been like communication, like little small things like that. But Gittleman's has done a great job of reining those guys in and, and making sure that they're good to go. Um, my thing with this one is is my guy, RP Tree. He's, he's got to be going. He, he's got to be going. Like he, He's got to beat Graham, which is mm-hmm. – unreal to say like we're talking about Graham Hasek and we're talking about Rob Pinnell beating Graham Hasek but he like he has to that's the thing he has to do is he has to step up and he's got to play the way he's been playing since week two like we've talked about a thousand times um, you know me possibly saving their season and, and turning things around for him but he's which Nat may or may not have confirmed possibly tune in later and you'll find out but yeah like it's seriously like he's he's been a rock star ever since week two and that has to continue um this team has only won games or been close in games that he's been going you know we we have other other help there's Ryder, there's jules miles surge etc charlie but if rob's not going this year that it, it doesn't work and you know same thing last year you can look back to last year if jules is not going that team's not doing anything you know the this is just kind of how the woods roll. They, they kind of have that one guy that sparks it for them, and other guys roll off of that. This year, it's Rob. So yeah. that that's what I'm looking at is is Rob versus versus Graham. Not that it's really a head to head matchup. I'm just looking at Ryder matching Tom Schreiber's energy. If Ryder's cooking, Tom's probably going to be cooking. It's who's going to go pound for pound with one another. That's what I'm going to be paying attention to, um, which is going to be a lot of fun to uh just and, see playoff rider again yeah and big mj15 i mean he loves gillette anytime he's there he, he does something crazy i mean he, he had he had a nice all-star game this year mm-hmm. go back to last year he had a uh, first goal of the year of the entire pll season was a diver across the crease i mean man was literally at um nick morocco's head mm-hmm. like, his entire body was at nick morocco's head and, and he stuffed it in, dunked it in. It was awesome. Like, it, it, this is a place he loves to play. So, so he'll be on lookout as well. And we got the dogs and the bulls in the nightcap at 5.10 p.m. Eastern time. MVP snub, Kieran McCardle, but nominated for attack win of the year, which was very exciting to see. Taking on Jeff T, Brian Costabile, and the rest of the bulls. In a rematch that we got last season. Uh, no, we didn't get this in the playoffs, but we did get this uh, earlier this year, which was playoff-like atmosphere. That's why I'm thinking that way. Uh, Water Dogs won 16-15 in overtime out in Denver. Um, week 8 in 2021, which I believe was Albany, um, if I'm not mistaken. That was Albany weekend. 10-9, Water Dogs win. And then in group play back in the bubble, completely different Atlas team, obviously. Atlas won 11-10. So these games between these two teams have been eerily close. They play each other really, really well. Um, you know, you have MVP candidate Trevor Baptiste at the stripe who finished the regular season facing off at 70%, which is the best mark since Beast faced off at 75%, I believe, was the mark back in 2015 when he won the MVP. Um, I'm going to be in, interested to see who gets the nod at face-off in this simply because Water Dogs have two guys 
who can go and go toe-to-toe with Trevor and be in the game. Obviously, they're not going to beat Trevor, but when you have guys like Jake Withers and Zach Tucci on your roster, that's an advantage and a, a mind game you can kind of play um, if you're if you're Andy Copeland. So we'll see who they go with. I don't know who they're going to choose. Dare I say they go wild and play them both? I for for going with a I would a, like to see it like a two running back type of system where they have the change of speed and then the change of pace or like the change of strength. Like you see that a lot with like middle school or not middle school, um, high school and, and college is they'll have multiple faceoff guys and they'll use it as a change of pace thing. Mm-hmm. They'll have a guy who used to wrestle that's kind of a brute strength guy to go in and rough up. You have a guy who's literally just a faceoff guy going in to win it. You got a guy who's who's speed, who's trying to, you know, offer a different type of speed, or a guy who's going to go in and just jam them and make it a ground ball. Like, you have so many different options, and sometimes that's useful, and against a guy like Trevor, that could be more than useful. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see them dress two and, and use them in kind of that tandem one-two uh, punch. Very even in the scores per game category for both of these teams this year, 13 to 12.8. Uh, the scores against average leans a little in favor of Atlas, and obviously uh, Water Dogs didn't have Dylan Ward for the beginning part of the season. Not that Matt DeLuca was bad, um, but it was just a there's there's a, there was a bit coming. of an adjustment period in the Baltimore game. I think they played when Dylan Ward started, and then DeLuca came in. Mm-hmm. It was a little you know mix and mash there, but thirteen point three scores against is still not a bad mark for a team. Uh, in this league, this is my matchup weekend. I think these two teams play each other really, really close and really, really well every time they're out there. I think this is going to be a, a heavyweight fight to just see who punches a ticket to go have another heavyweight fight in D.C. next week. Um, but this is the game that I have like circled on the calendar, ready to rock and roll with this one. I can't believe you were able to circle one. I mean, like I've talked. It to was you, tough. I've talked to you about this. Like I, I genuinely think this year's quarterfinals is better than last year's. Oh, which hands is down. insane to say because you had Paul playing his old team in in Atlas back on the Cannons. You had the Woods playing the Whips, and you had um, who was it? Archers, Chaos. Archers, Archers, Chaos. You know, and and that was right after the Connor Farrell or Connor Fields and. Ian McKay trade, so they had beef going on. We we obviously know the story behind Woods Whips, so I don't have to explain that. But then you look at this year, and you have struggling chaos who everybody thinks should possibly be repeating for a title, hanging on as a seventh seed with newfound kids on the block from we don't even know where, Chrome, Mm -hmm. at the two seed. You got arguably what I think is probably the closest to game of the weekend, mm-hmm. just because both these teams were expected to be in the top three. Archers barely squoze into the top three, and then Redwoods had a very disappointing season. They're at six. Both these teams are disappointed in their season, and one of them is going home, Like, and they know that. That's going to be a huge game. And then you look at the one we just talked about, arguably has the most like energy. Mm-hmm. into it in terms of teams who don't really have anything to win or lose but are just going to go out and play hard because that's who they are so like i think this might be the best quarterfinal made in professional across history 
bold statement. We got some bold statements from our guy, Nat St. Lorenzo. So stick around. Hold tight. Buckle up. Get your popcorn ready. Because we got Nat St. Laurent on the pod for you guys. Coming right now. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we teased it on Twitter. And you know how we do for the playoffs. We get we get those guests that you want to hear from. We went pretty guestless all season, just diving into the games, diving into traveling. But it's the playoffs. We got to go big or go home. And what better way? To kick off the 2022 PLL postseason, then with recurring guest, head coach of Redwoods Lacrosse Club, Nat St. Laurent, joining us. Coach, welcome back to the show. Happy to have you and uh, Roll Woods. Yeah, Roll Woods. It's great to be back. It's uh, playoff time. It's go time. So uh, I'm excited to be here and wrap with you guys a little bit. Appreciate you having me on again. First things first, we were we were talking before we started recording and you brought up and we brought this up on last week's episode, which everybody should go listen to. This postseason is eerily similar to 2019. Starting off against this Archer squad, let's dive into that. Obviously, mm-hmm. a one-goal loss to them uh, in the regular season this year, but to have that, you know, I you know, identity of 2019 of starting off against the Archers, where that game was in Ohio, this one's in Boston. Uh, what are some things that? you guys learned from playing against the archers this year that they do so well that you're looking to kind of combat from that first game yeah you know um it, it is it's, it's crazy 2019 this was the opening round and uh but you know this is a different they're a different team we're a different team um and uh you know we played them once uh always i feel like every time we play these guys it's a tight game but um you know the thing that i'm really impressed with is their their skill level i mean like you're like what are you talking about right it's a pll everybody's great but they pass the ball with such fluidity and it's like, it's like ease it's in and out of their stick. It's always in the right spot. So when they do need to catch and shoot, it's gone in and out of their stick right away uh, because they move the ball so well. Uh, they, they're great in the middle of the field in terms of transition. They've got in close guys and poles. Um, I think the young man that they got there right now in Connors is kind of like the up and coming. He has the potential to be like the next Michael Earhart type uh lsm in our game so a lot of respect for them they're extremely well coached and you know anytime you know you're playing against a tom schreiber will manny you know marcus holman type teams uh you know it it's it's tough right it's it's a daunting task but we're going to be up for it you bring up all those guys and he obviously hasn't played most of this season due to injury but how do you how do you game plan for a grant amen style of player you know discipline Holy smokes, you got to be extremely disciplined in everything you do uh, on your approach, uh, staying on his hands, um, not trying to overthink where he's going to go. He's too quick. He's too shifty. He's an extremely smart player. So, you know, with him, we've got to be very disciplined. You know, we can't, we got to corral him a little bit. Um, we can't let him run free all the time with his hands free because that's going to be a long day for us if that's the case. But uh, we like the guy that's going to go out and cover him. We feel like he's pretty good. Um, I think he's the best in the league, and uh, it'll be a great challenge for him and our de- our defense. And does it help any the guy that Grant was on Instagram Live with yesterday is on your side and is the guy that Grant models his game after in one RP3? Yeah, you know, like excited for Rob. He's, he's playing with excitement, a lot of confidence. He's having fun, right? You know, it was midseason that one of our players said to me, like, Coach, are you having fun? And I was like, you know what? You know, I don't know. A lot of time on social media when you're one in four, people don't like you. The same people you thought that loved you a couple of years ago. So it, it loses its fun a little bit. And it was a great gut check for me in that moment. 
And for me to see Rob have fun and, you know, develop into one of our leaders and I have an MVP type of season. Like I, I was, I think he's, you know, one of the best players in the league. We DJ and I have joked since, uh, you know, North Carolina weekend that DJ asked a question to Rob in the press conference and I don't want to misquote him. So I'll let him bring it back up. But we joke that that question saved the Redwood season because it seemed like <laughs> Rob took accountability as a leader in the locker room from hearing what DJ asked him and ran with it. And it seemed like from that moment on where you guys were kind of at your lowest, a, a switch flipped and you guys, you know, it started to feel like your style of lacrosse again. Yeah, it was um... – I asked him because at that point, the defense had kind of gotten their things together. Arden had stepped into his role, and they were playing at that high level again. But the offense was back to falling at the end of the game. Fourth quarters, they kind of weren't coming through. And it seemed like there was just a lot of initiation from the midfield. So I asked him, I was like, the midfield was initiating today, but they kind of weren't getting it done. You know, what can the attack do or, like, where, you know, what is happening in the locker room for the attack to be able to have a more prominent role in the offense? And he took it and just ran with it and was like, you're 100% right. He's like, we've just been sitting back and kind of watching and filling in where we help and not putting ourselves forward. And ever since then, it's like Rob has been the best player on the planet. Right. Well, I guess I should say thanks, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, when you hit rock bottom, you hit that adversity, you got nowhere to go but up. And Rob's a terrific leader. But, um, you know, I think we came into the season with, like, you know, Jules and Miles and Perkovic and the Bertrand. And it's like, how the heck do you defend these guys? But we forgot that we've got Ryder and Rob and Cav, you know, like, you know, and, Cav, you know, people are commenting that Cav's not having a great shooting year, but they have no idea what he brings. He rides, he's tenacious, he's a heck of a teammate, you know, and I and I think he's going to go off in one of these playoff games. Like, he just, you know, he's a Kavanaugh. That's what they do. And, you know, so I, I we did get more balance after that. We really stepped back. We changed. I mean, if you remember in 20 last year in Hofstra, we went to a 2-2-2 offense, which created more space for the middies. Well, this year we went from that 2-2-2 back to a 3-1-2. And I don't know, the switch back. Uh, guys are cutting, moving off ball a little bit. There's a lot of things going on. And again, you know, teams in this league don't like to slide. And when you have you know, Rob Pinnell and you have those middies that we have and Ryder Garnsey as creative as he is and Cavs starting to, you know, hit a chip in with a goal or two a game now, like it, we become a pretty efficient offense again. And I think at the beginning of the year, coming out of that game, we were dead last in every offensive statistic. And now you fast forward it going into the playoffs, and now we've already elevated to the uh, third most efficient offense in the league. So, um, and I didn't think about it today until KB brought it up. You take away that game, and we're at a zero score differential. Um, so sometimes it takes a, a game like that to be humbled and then to realize kind of who we are and our identity. And Rob's done a great job helping us get our identity back. Um, you know, so we see we certainly are back on offense. Uh, TD's facing off again. He's healthy. And I think that's something that people don't realize is just how banged up we are and have been all year long. We, we don't really allow it to be an excuse. It should be a next person up mentality. Um, but I mean, I think the first play of the game against the Chrome or, or Atlas, sorry, uh, of the season, Rob Pinnell pulled a hamstring and he played the first few games with a pulled hamstring and nobody want to talk about it. And he's still having kind of attackment of the year type numbers. This year, you know, in addition to Rob and the typical leaders, 
I've personally noticed, and I'm sure DJ's noticed this too, Ryder has really taken on a leadership role on this team. He's been very vocal in the huddle. He seems to have like a new, you know, aura around him when he's out on the field. He's he's stepping up and and being a leader on this team. For you, being around Ryder since year one, since you brought him in uh, as an undrafted free agent, what's it been like to kind of see that evolution of you know young, fresh out of college Ryder to now this kind of poised and and leadership role that he's adapted in 2022. It's been awesome, right? Um, you know, Ryder and I, you know, we'll have some stern conversations with one another. Like, he's one of my favorite people I've ever gotten to coach. He's one of my favorite human beings, period. I think I've said that all the way back to 2019. You know, um, it's it's a little bit corny, but it's true. I'm super proud of him. Like, he is, he's going to be a tremendous – he already is, but he's going to be a tremendous coach under Coach Corrigan's tutelage and now that program. Ryder's going to be involved with lacrosse for a very, very long time. The one thing that I always make sure that we get, and I, and I be you is what I tell them, be you. You know, every pregame hug, you know, something along those lines. Because we don't want to get away from that young college guy that's creative and plays with his hair on fire. He's our spark plug. He's an emotional leader, and he is very smart, too, um, very smart player. So when he does speak up, it's very timely, and it's much like his game, right? You know, you go to the Cannons game, and he was quiet all game. And also in the fourth quarter, he goes, okay. Rob, Rob and these guys have done a great job to this point. I'm going to go do some things that people aren't quite, you know, don't forget about me. And, uh, you know, he, he made some heck of a plays. And the thing about him is he's so selfless. He really is. I don't know if people truly understand how big of a teammate he really is. He, he celebrates goals with guys. He gets pumped for everybody. And, you know, as long as he keeps being rider and doing some of the stuff that he does that you're wondering like what the hell are you doing Ryder yes let's go you know uh, as long as being rides we're going to be in a good spot the the one thing that you know you bring up how banged up you guys have been and it's been since training camp we talked about it you know when I saw you in Albany and everything with guys who were out injured and going into this season and kind of preparing mentally to be like okay we're going to have this guy this guy this guy and then you don't have you know John Sexton healthy you don't have a ryan lee because he gets injured in the nll playoffs uh you know DeMeo's injured coming in from his time with maryland bartolo wasn't 100 percent coming in as a draft pick how do you guys kind of you know shuffle that deck and and really re-prepare for the roster that you have and and the additions that you have to bring in to kind of replace those guys while you wait for them to get healthy or knowing that you're not going to have them at all this year yeah, it was tough, right? We came in really excited. Guys were feeling very healthy. And then, you know, kind of you're watching the indoor league and you're watching what Ryan Lee is doing and how terrific of a player he was. And we, we, we barely scratched the surface with Ryan last year because he got injured early on. And then we kind of figured things out and it was tough to get back in the, the lineup. So we were super excited for him. We'll be very excited for him next year to have him back. He brings an element that the Woods, you know, haven't had in a while. But, you know, for me, it's been a slow build going all the way back to 2019 some pretty key trades along the way, um, some key movements, some guys stepping up, some, you know, Ryder was undrafted, you know, we, we were able to pull him in. Um, so it's been, it's taken us a while to get to this point And we felt like we were there this year. Like we've gotten all the pieces together and then boom. And now here we are going into the playoffs where, you know, it's, it's daunting, but we've never won a game without Eddie Glazner. You know, um, we've won games without some of our superstars, that have been out, but we've never won without, you know, Eddie. So we got a huge, you know, task ahead of us with the archers and, and losing him, it, it hurts. But, um, you know, it, it's been it's been difficult to get through. And I'm proud of my guys because they 
we grind, we, we battle every game, and uh, we truly believe that we can beat anybody despite that you know adversity. Now, I know this is going to be a, a, a difficult question to answer if it's answerable at all. Um, I remember in the post-game press conference on Long Island, I believe it was Kevin Brown from Inside Lacrosse brought up some sort of you know timetable clock for Matt Landis. Mm-hmm. Is that still something that, obviously probably not this season, but you know, 2023 is, is Matt Landis still a potential player for this Redwoods team in the future? Absolutely. Yep. We, uh, we're working through that right now. Matt's doing an honorable thing and obviously with the best of the best serving our great nation. And when he becomes available, we know he's going to be in great shape, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, you know, the, he is, uh, he's a great teammate and he's got great relationships with all the guys on the team right now. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it goes, but absolutely he, he could be a viable option, you know, as we move forward in his career, uh, in, in the Navy SEALs moves forward. Were you surprised this year from a standpoint where, you know, you've been on our show in years past where we're talking and you're teasing moves and then 30 <laughs> seconds after you hang up, boom, Westberg is a member of the Redwoods. Right. Uh, were you surprised by the fact that across the league, there was barely any trades this year with an expanded trade window? Yeah, you know, no, not really. It's hard. You know, it's hard with, with you know, now before we could do it and not have to worry about, you know, guys' salaries and things of that nature. Now, you know, you have already a, a shortened list of guys. So you got to get somebody who's going to play every weekend if you're going to make a trade. And then you got to make sure now their salary fits. And, you know, there's just a lot of things that take some of the fun out of that, but it's part of pro athletics. And, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, we, we thought about some things, but I told our guys, I was not blowing this up and I want to be committed to this group. I, uh, I love them. I'm loyal. Um, and I, I, you know, we just didn't feel the need to make any real big moves. We felt like we have everything in place and now we're hoping to see that the proof of that making out a play uh, playoff run here this weekend. How much of that, you know, salary matching and everything, obviously free agency, comes into play this offseason is that simply you know something that's on your shoulders or is that a collective you know you chris collins todd mcfarland type thing where you're all kind of collaborating on what you know guys are going to be able to you know maneuver into your salary cap that you're going to have uh i it'll, the final decision obviously would be with me uh with the, as the gm and the head coach but you know i'll bounce ideas off those two um you know listen to them with their thoughts and you know do a thorough evaluation hopefully after championship weekend um, you know, to see what we're going to do. But, you know, I think it's going to be absolutely wild. Um, I don't know what it's going to look like. I, it, it's, I don't want too many changes with the Redwoods, uh, but depending on how things play out and contracts and things of that nature, um, you know, we're not, we're, we're not scared to make a bold move. Um, we've, I think we've proven that over the years. But, you know, I like this team. I'm not really in dire need, especially when, you know, you got a Ryan Lee coming back and, you know, some, some guys like that. Eddie, Eddie will be healthy again next year and, you know, things like that. So um, we're, we're certainly going to dabble. We're going to certainly explore all options. And I think it's going to be, a, you know, a really crazy offseason, but great for lacrosse and great for pro lacrosse, especially when you throw in the, the teams that are playing in sixes. And then you take a breath from that and now you've got free agency hitting. And then we're going to go right into college season. And then it's like, okay, here we go. We're right back at it. And, uh, you know, hopefully the Redwoods, you know, keep our core intact and who we are and what we're all about. But, uh, you know, we're always looking to move forward. DJ, I'm sure you got some, 
You got some things churning yeah. in the brain. Yeah, mostly about this Archer's defense. Like, yeah, you know, they're one of the most team-like defenses outside of the Whip Snakes in the league. They do a lot of movement, especially with their short sticks, movement down on attackmen, so they can double pull mm-hmm. the face off. What is kind of your just your game plan and just overall thoughts moving in, uh, going against this Archer's defense? Uh, they're good. They're extremely well coached, right? Um, but they they haven't shown us anything we haven't seen before. You know, the chaos have been double pulling us. You know, they've they've put in a short stick on Ryder Garnsey and he scored the game winning goal twice uh, in two different games, one in the bubble, one in Albany. And then this year he had five goals with a short stick. I think it was five goals uh, in, in the game in Dallas. I might be wrong. But, uh, you know, so we've seen it all, but they bring a great energy. You know, the thing about the Archers team is the energy level is really high. And we've had a history of not coming out and starting strong. So it's going to be imperative that we try to get off to a great start. And um, we'll be ready to counter a double pull. Um, we're ready for that. And, uh, you know, we like we like the matchup. It should be a fun lacrosse game. It's the knockdown, drag out, you know, playoff game. And uh, they, they have a lot at stake too, right? Like we haven't won a championship. We've lost a lot of close games. There's those knocks on us. But, you know, I don't know if they've been to a semifinal or maybe they have in the uh, bubble uh, because I think only the top four went maybe or I forget how it went but you know there's a lot of pressure uh, on them as well and it's the playoffs and it's pro sports and it's exactly what you want yeah and I think that was the only time they went to the semifinal was the the bubble you know tournament style okay yeah and then you know their slide package is very different than most teams uh, in the league they're not um, switch or slide heavy you know they're not going to do it quickly but they do it always at the perfect time kind of what is what do you say to your offense heading into a game like that well we have a lot of trust in our offense and you know the we have a game plan in place um i don't know when this is going to air so i'm not going to give that out but uh you know friday morning probably okay yeah so we we've played them we've prepared for them we've watched them play and they're very good um but you know if we share the ball and we change the field and you know win some one-on-one matchups and make that extra pass and our guys are hitting their shots um we're pretty scary and potent offense and tough to match up with so again you know that that's got to be exciting right you know for the fan uh stressful as hell for the coaches but you know, really excited for the game of lacrosse and, and the guys out there. But we'll we'll be prepared. We'll be ready. Um, the guys are excited. It's a heck of an opportunity. So you're right, though. They do some things a little differently, and um, you know, we have clips of that. They are they're who they are, and we are who we are. And you know, those two teams are going to lace them up and get after it. You know, every other team in the league has gotten a chance to kind of let their guys go back to their college towns and play. Would you like to see the PLL play in, in South Bend or in that area, hopefully at Notre Dame for those guys? And just, so what do you think that would do uh, for the Woods if they got to play there? Ah, uh, man. I mean, there's nothing like Woods Nation. It would be electric. I mean, I think if you – I'd like to get us back to Columbus. Right? I mean, we played these guys in Columbus that year. That crowd was rocking. That's where the Let's Go Woods chant started. Um so that was a really cool experience for me personally because my family and our friends and my college guys were there and it was a cool environment but um yeah it would be it would be pretty cool um but when we go to new york i feel like it's almost like a home game for the redwoods with all our new york guys so you get a little bit of a sense there so i i think if we could ever get out to you know maybe like 
Lucas Oil Stadium or, you know, something close to South Bend. I think Arlotta would be great in the summertime. In the summertime, it would be awesome, um, you know, but very similar probably to a, Den a Denver University venue. I think it would be pretty cool to get them out there, and that would be pretty awesome if we could. What did you think of the uh, the throwback uniforms this year, bringing those out, and then your thoughts on the 2022 limited edition Redwoods jersey? Uh, DJ and I have a theory that those jerseys, if if we had to place a bet on it, those are the jerseys that will be worn in the championship series. We have no knowledge of that. That's just our, our educated guess. But yeah. uh, what, are you, what were your thoughts on the throwbacks and the uh, the limited edition jersey? So the limited edition jersey, I liked it. It was okay. But for me, that the throwback was was sick. You know, like guys are cutting their T-shirts short like they did back in the day. You know, I was joking. Can I get a pair of those old bike coaching shorts on the sidelines that they used to wear, like with the little clasp on them? And, you know, the three of us would be coaching in those. But uh, I, I thought the jerseys were awesome. I thought everything about that was great. Um, I'm glad we did it. Uh, the guys loved it, which was pretty cool. They, they really enjoyed it. And um to me, that Denver, that, that was probably one of the better moments in, in PLL Redwoods across history. Just that game was packed. It was Friday night, Friday night lights, the only show in town, and it was a heck of a lacrosse game. Um, so that was a pretty cool moment. Then you throw in those throwbacks that, you know, I, I don't think I would have been allowed in my house if I didn't walk in with one. So, you know, you know we were able to go get one. Um, for, you know, at the store, the fan zone, we were able to go snag one real quick and bring some of those home for the kids. But because uh, we knew that they were going to sell out quick. But, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Now, I know you and Coach Quirk uh, got a little heated during that game. Sure. Are things smoothed out with, with he and you or, you know, is that yeah, just kind of know, uh, that stuff never leaves me? I'm a fiery guy. You know, like I, I'm I'm going to stand up for my guys. I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. And Coach did his thing. And, yeah, there was no ill will there. And, um, you know, at the end of the day. If I uh, if I'm not fired up and, and excited, to, you know, then what am I doing? It's not fair to the guys, and I kind of need to go out out into the pasture. We were uh, we were talking before we started recording to about fate of a sport. I wanted to bring that up. Uh, have you gotten a chance to to tap in and your thoughts on just you know we were reminiscing you know through 2019 to now of just yeah. you know things that have gone on throughout the league and uh, what are your thoughts on the doc if you've seen it. So I'll be honest with you, um, I haven't watched it in its entirety yet. I've only watched the trailer, and the only re the reason being is my daughter's had some volleyball matches. My son had some football games. So Thursday night, um, there's nothing going on. And, you know, I think the family will watch it in one room, and I'll watch it by myself in the other room just in case anything tugs at the strings or, you know dad's on tv saying a cuss word again like i just don't want to listen to them i don't want to get chirped by my own family um but everybody i've talked to people i haven't talked to in years are texting me and calling me and saying how incredible it is so i've purposely not i've actually scrolled scroll through people's reviews on social media if they're putting clips up i try not to watch them um just because i want to watch the entire the entire thing no interruption thursday night which I'm assuming, you know, will get me ready to rock for Friday's practice. Oh, yeah. I was I was watching before we jumped on here for the very first time, and I was ready to run through a wall multiple times, and it, well, it has me juiced. It. Oh, yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I can't wait. 
I told KB when I was watching, I was like, there are so many all-time uh, liners in this. It is unreal. Like, there's just so many one-liners that you could drop with no context in so many situations. Uh, I can't it, wait. It, it you guys are amazing. getting me excited. I might have to move things around tonight. Maybe maybe when I'm done with uh, our team Zoom tonight uh, with the Redwoods, I'll, I'll watch it. I was uh, – this, this is like spoiler, no context. I was kind of, you know, pleasantly surprised to see a lot of Garrett Eppel in the dock. Yeah, you know, I – I, I, I'm excited to watch it. I, I love that. You know, there's, there's, you know, some times where I know he went through some tough times with social media and people not responding, you know, the way he does some things, but when you get to know Garrett Apple and you're going to find an awesome human being. And, you know, my son's wearing number 52 and playing middle linebacker in football. And he's a left-handed guy. And he's like, dad, look, if I put my Jersey on and I play pole, I'm a left-handed pole like Apple. And, you know, to me, you know, that's the stuff that people, you know, don't understand. And again, jump to conclusions and, you know, want to paint this, you know, there's always got to be a villain out there. And, um, you know, I, I think that Garrett does a great job, you know, um, but he's a, he's a great human being. He really is. And, you know, I, I, I don't mind my son, you know, looking up to him in, in a lot of aspects and, and I, I've got a great relationship with him and I want him on my team every time I go out. The uh, the obvious big time draft pick this year, Arden Cohen, number three overall. Uh, what what would you take away from his rookie season in the the regular season this year, and how he kind of fit into this Redwoods defense, and you know the growing pains that he had early on, and then yeah. uh, I contributed to him switching his number to number forty, where things <laughs> kind of took a, a a positive turn for Arden. But what were your thoughts on his rookie season? You know, I think early on we were, again, you know, in that first four games, we were moving guys around. We were asking him to play up close, you know, because, you know, the whole reason for drafting him is we didn't know how great Finn was going to do with his offseason surgery and rehab and how that was going to work out. And then Finn came back in great spot. Um, Arden comes in fresh out of college season, you know, a little more rest than he would have normally had at Notre Dame because they got hosed. They should have been in the NCAA tournament. Um, but they weren't. So he had a little bit more time to come in and focus. But once we settled in, I thought it was interesting that people didn't talk about it much, but like nobody that he was matched up with scored more than, you know, even when we got beat up by the Chrome, Nick turn scored one goal early in transition and he didn't score the rest of the game. And I don't know if people talked about it enough because I think it was overshadowed by our one and four start. But in that time, Arden Cohen was doing a great job. And he was, you know, maybe one goal a game what guys were getting. And uh, that's how we were able to make the very tough decision to start him over Finn because he, we drafted him and he responded. He did great. And Finn Sullivan did an incredible job. I mean, those were his words. He goes, Coach, I get it. You drafted him and he's playing really well. I'm ready to go. And Finn wasn't lying. Two cost turnovers or three cost turnovers last game, two ground balls. And we're going to call on him again to play really well again this week. And, you know, so we're really fortunate and, you know, excited that we have that continuity there and to be able to have that depth there you know with unfortunately yeah. eddie going down now finn gets to you know step back in and step up which i think he's done uh, a very admirable job in eddie's absence yeah and i and i agree uh he's done a great job there and you can't replace eddie um you just can't eddie's a world teamer in my opinion uh, but i think finn has stepped in and done a he's done a terrific job Speaking of guys stepping up, what was it like um, that that conversation between Timmy and Jack and and all of you guys and and making that switch earlier on in the season? Um, a lot of people 
including myself, kind of called for it earlier last year. Um, Timmy ended up playing much better at the end of last year. Um, But then, you know, those struggles kind of transitioned into this year. Just what were those conversations like? And then what has it been like having Jack in that? He's been phenomenal, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, those are always tough conversations, right? Because you care, I, you know, I think, you know, I care about my guys quite a bit, right? Like all of us coaches do in this league. And uh, you, you draft a guy and he comes in and he carries you all the way to the championship game and he's like the rookie of the year and then he's the all-star. And, you know, then we stayed loyal to Jack, you know, trying to come back and knee surgery. What a special, special moment that was. And his journey has been extra, you know, extraordinary. And, and, and both of those guys are still in the final cuts with Team USA. So we're like, wow, we have two Team USA goalies on our, you know, potential Team USA goalies uh, on our roster. And then they're saving the ball at 35 percent. So we had to get something going. Um, Timmy was phenomenal. Um, you know, he came to me and when I told him this is what the plan was doing, he goes, no coach, I understand. We got to do something. And uh, I, I was like, okay, like he's, he's Jack's biggest fan. Those, those two support each other a ton. Um, you can watch Timmy on the sidelines. I think in Denver, somebody tweeted out after Ryder's goal, you know, Timmy's celebrating with the, oh my goodness, look on his face. Like, holy, how did that just happen? Because that's who t- Timmy is and he's ready. You know, if something happens to Jack, we got all the confidence in the world now with putting Timmy back in. And, um, you know, sometimes in that goalie position, it's weird, right? You know, we pulled him in 2019 up in Canada and then put him back in in that game. And he was five times better than he was before we pulled him. So um, these goalies have short memories. They're pros. They support one another. They know to even be on a roster in, in, in this league is important. So they got to be ready. And we're fortunate to have both of those guys. And, and I do agree, you know, Jack, does allow us to get up and out a little bit faster. His outlets are terrific. And um, we're pretty blessed to have a locker room like we do where either one of those guys in goal, guys are going to play their, you know, backsides off for them. One thing I wanted to bring up, it's kind of a, you know, off the field type situation, but Staggs brought it up on a podcast he went on or an interview he did uh, talking about, you know, he would like to see rosters expand maybe by two uh, for the PLL. Your thoughts on that? Um, do you think it's a, a possibility where you could see these rosters expand a little bit? And uh, if so, are you pro or are you kind of cool with the 19 on the game day? I like 21. I, I unequivocally support Stags in that. I think, uh, you know, it's 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 a double-edged sword. You put 21 guys in there. You're We're playing 12-minute quarters. They go so fast. Uh, guys might not get the burn that they want all the time, but – if we're going to continue to just have eight teams in this league with the amount of talent that you're trying to grow, I mean, if we had 21 guys right now, we'd be looking at a Anthony DeMeo and a Joe Robertson and, you know, rotating those guys in and getting them some extra playing time, you know, uh, you know, one of our short stick D middies and, you know, somebody like that, an extra guy, um, especially when you're like going out West three, four weekends in a row that, that wears on teams. Um, so I, I think, 21 is is great I, I would settle for 20 but I don't I don't know what's in the mix to be completely honest with you um, I think from the standpoint of the fans it's going pretty well um, and lacrosse is at, you know Mike and Paul have done a great job elevating this league and the players compete so hard every single week I think there's some things that aren't broken don't mess with it but I know as a coach it, even just for practice purposes uh, each weekend it would be awesome to have 21 guys there the, uh, say Oh, it, got, it got brought up on Twitter. Um, would you rather, as a fan, it was brought up, would you rather 
have the league expanded two more teams or expand game day rosters to uh, 22. So you as a coach, what would you rather have? You know, what do you think is better for the growth of the sport? Expanding for more teams to allow, you know, more players and keeping 19 or to push, you know, keep eight and push to 22. I, w- I would push to 21, you know, 21, 22, give me two extra guys. I think that's what 16 more players in this league. Um, I think it could make things a little bit more exciting with some trades and just more importantly at practice, you could go a little harder, a little bit longer for practice. Um, you know, in the MLL, you had practice guys that lived in those towns, so you could do closer to full field practices. So, um, but we're fortunate with what we have and we all make do with it. But I, I think maybe going to two guys extra on a roster before expanding to two more teams, I think two more teams is a little too much too fast. Uh, but I think two more players would go a long way. And I brought up too with the, the thought of team expansion, I feel like it's not going to happen for a while because the championship series is now in play. Uh, mm-hmm. in February, obviously Redwoods won't be playing in that, but do you feel like it's somewhat of an advantage where you're kind of going to be able to look from an outside perspective and see how things flow and get a better idea of how to actually go into it with, uh, some game film and some preparation for a championship series with the inaugural one coming this February? Yeah, yeah. I'll be very honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see how this playoff run works out. Um, but I don't hate the fact that our guys are not playing in it because it avoids risk of injury uh, and some other things. But, um, you know, it's exciting. Like, I definitely want to be a part of it. That being said, I would love to coach sixes. It's, uh, you know, Jack Kelly and I have talked about it at length uh, over the years uh, when they were getting ready to head out and and compete in sixes. Um, Actually talking to Jack Kelly, our college team plays sixes at practice uh, at times um, just to get up and down and play fast and do creative things. So that it's, I'm intrigued to see how it works out. I think it's going to be fun to watch the level of play. I thought I enjoyed watching it in Birmingham uh, when it was on TV. Um, So I'm really excited to see the version of it. Um, But there's definitely a side of me that's like the year that we've had, I mean, it's been a long summer. Guys are beat up. Guys are sore. Um, You know, I think it will be good for our, our team in particular this year to take a, big, you know, breath and relax and heal up and ready to go uh, going into the next year. But uh, we, we're all Archer's state of mind right now. So that's, you know, we're not thinking too much about the sixes. This is the most I've talked or even thought about it. And with the Archers, you know, quarterfinals at Gillette, normally that's where the season gets started. But uh, All-Star game was there this year and now playoffs at an NFL stadium. Uh, yeah. what's kind of the, the energy and the juice, you know, knowing that you're going to be playing, uh, at Foxborough, which is a, a venue that's, you know, very synonymous with the PLL over the past four years, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of just the, the, the stakes that are, you know, there for you guys, knowing that you win, you advance, you go to Washington, DC, another venue that has some historic Redwoods, uh, victory mm-hmm. in the back of your pockets. Um, yep. what's the, the thoughts going to Gillette? Uh, going into Gillette first, they, they I mean, it's a first class. They, it's pretty cool. The experience that you get as a coach and a player, they do it right. Um, they do it really well. Um, they've hosted lacrosse so many times. They've hosted us, you know, college. So they do it great. Um, as a Buffalo Bills fan, eh, you know, I'm not overly excited going in there. But uh, I, I do like going in there and coming out with a win. It's extra special as a Bills fan. 
Uh, so I'm hoping to be able to, to enjoy that. But uh, we're going to have our hands full. It's going to be playoff atmosphere, uh, you know, long weekend. So hopefully it's going to be a nice crowd, uh, good weather. And you're, you're playing in a stadium. When you look up, you see the Lombardi trophy hanging in the rafters, a bunch of them. It's a pretty cool experience that, you know, when are you going to get this again? Hopefully next year. Hopefully we're still coaching and playing there next year. Um, but it, it's something that, you know, I don't take for granted. You know, I'll certainly soak it all in. Did you like the switch to Albany this year for opening weekend and training camp, knowing that it's also going to be there again in, in 2023? What was that switch up kind of like for you guys? Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed Albany. I, um, you know, everything was kind of right there. They did a really nice job. Um, I, I'm excited to go back to Albany for training camp. So I, I like it. I enjoy it. The food was pretty good. And, you know, it's I'm an upstate New York guy. So, I mean, I get more time back home in the in the Empire State. We're going to take that thing and run any chance we get. That's what everybody talks about, that food at Albany. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone we talk to, they're like, man, the food was fantastic. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, everything was in walking distance. And the thing I loved about it was, you know, we're all on the same floor and we're all in the same building. And you just get that time together where so important when you don't see each other until the weekends, like having that time together was huge. Deej, you got anything else for, for the boss, man? Yeah. Well, we got to figure out this bet sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to look good in an orange uh, orange and black uh, lacrosse jersey, my man. I'll, I'll get you something it. extra special. Go Polar Bears. Ooh, go dogs. Go dogs, baby. Go dogs. <laughs> For the record, I'll take anything polar bears. I'll, I'll rock it, that. Man. You're my guy. You're All my right, guy. Okay. So I got you, my man. I got something for you. We'll get it out soon. You hear this, dude? He ain't actually for nothing. <laughs> pandering works, baby. Pandering works. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's speaking, awesome. Speaking of bets, uh, we've been doing this on all of our podcasts on the network, Coach, and I, I said, you know, any guests we have on, I want to have them kind of in the mix for this. So, Outside the box is now on YouTube, uh, and we're trying to grow our channel to get to that illustrious 1,000 subscriber mark, which allows us to monetize the channel. Um, nice. So we're throwing out from all of our shows. It's our Road to 1K Gauntlet Challenge. So every single podcast is thinking up of something that once we hit that 1K mark, we're going to do that task, do that you know uh. thing. Okay. So a little input from our guy, head coach of the Redwoods. If if you had to, you know, throw something into the mix for us, what would that be? Oh man. So you guys, when you hit the thousand coming up here pretty quick, um, that first show, what we're going to do on it, right? It could be show. It could be, you know, it could be anything that we post on there. It'll be something. It could be pretty much anything you can think of. I'm a pretty boring guy. I, I don't have my wife's the one that thinks all the cool ideas. I just take the credit for it with the kids. But, um, you know, something that would be pretty cool. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, you got to go big, right? Like you got to go. That's what little, I'm saying. A, a, you you got to go big. You got to do something like. Uh, in this, Gosh, I'm trying to think what you guys could do. I, I'm going to be that guy and be like, I got to think on this because my. Well, it's perfect. You can text. Uh, you can text yeah, me. I'll, you know we'll, what? We'll the, text some ideas because there's some pretty wild things. Like, you know, I don't know. 
something something crazy like launch it from i don't know like the empire state building like do, do something random like like do the first show or something in the subway or you know i i don't know just something something a little wild like what the hell is going on like what is this you know and then uh you know you're celebrating it and people aren't going to know but people are always looking for a reason to celebrate so exactly yeah, like on new year's eve or go down go to new york on new year's eve or something like that yeah, but, yeah you, you brainstorm you brainstorm with the missus Oh yeah. Oh, you let me know. Yes. We'll let the people know cuz we're going to have guests on throughout the postseason okay. and uh, we're going to pull ideas from everybody and then potentially, you know, combine them all together and that'll be our, you know, sliver of of the gauntlet challenge. Yeah, get get Harrison on there and ask him some questions and make him give you an actual honest answer. You'll have a lot of fun with that cat. You got you got to link Probably. us up with him. That's a done deal. That's a done deal. Yeah, we Perfect. Uh, he's on our he's on our white whale list. Oh, is, okay. Well, we'll make that. We'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. That's perfect. Kyle, if you're listening, jump on the show. Come on, man. There we go. That's what we needed. All right, he'll be the endorsements. Coach, uh, it's always a pleasure having you on. You're one of our our OG PLL guests from 2019, and you've been coming on since. So we appreciate all your support. Uh, we'll be up at Foxborough, and uh, obviously, it's it's Roll Woods from our end. And best of luck against the Archers, and then. Hopefully you guys are playing in D.C. and we're watching you, uh, you know, take on either Chrome or Chaos. Yeah, one game at a time. Our, we just want one more week together. That's all we want. That's what we focus on. So I appreciate you guys. Absolutely roll woods all day, every day. Big thanks to Nat for hopping on the pod. Some juicy, spicy quotes in there. Obviously, we talked about at the top of the show, the call out to K-18 will be coming on the pod at some point we're working on getting that all situated uh but you heard it here first full-blown confirmation definitive flat out yes matt landis is still on the table for this team it's been rumored it's been talked about you heard it here first please credit the outside the box podcast matt landis when it comes back to the redwoods nat confirmed it on our show and i said it way back Way back, way back, when, whenever. I can't even remember when, but I definitely was the first to say it, so y'all heard it here first. I'm excited for that when he does come back. Keep doing your thing and serving our country. Thank you for that, and we'll be excited for you to come back and serve the woods and get us a championship, and I'll personally thank you in person for that as well. Um, I want to shake your hand. <laughs> I do want to shake your hand. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, it, comment down below some some bet ideas help me out here me and coach nat are trying to figure out uh, uh his end of the bet i as a coach i won't make him wear my school's colors or anything like that i understand what could happen uh going on with that and but, for the people at home who don't know because this this all came to fruition in person at fairfield dj's alma mater Adrian plays College. the school that nat is the head coach at ohio northern this year there, there's a there's a nice little coaching gentleman's agreement on this game. Yep. So if I lose, I, I got to wear wear a polar bear jersey. I don't mind the colorway, but I really don't want to wear it. Maybe Their they, logo's fine. Maybe they got a gray one. Like a base, a, a base gray with some black, orange, and white accents. Y'all heard me. I rock that. I'll job. wear any polar bear stuff. <laughs> you did say One, that. polar bears are cool as hell. <laughs> it That's is. a kick-ass mascot. It is. Second... I got to support our guy. Hey, 
If I lose, I will gladly wear the, the polar bear jersey. I'm hoping it's it's base gray with those accents, but I'll take any one. No, not picky here. Um, but yeah, help me figure out something to to get Coach Nat when he loses. And not if, not if, but when. I said if for me, it's a win. And he and the misses are coming up with part of our gauntlet challenge, which is our road to 1K subscribers on YouTube uh, challenge that we're throwing down from every branch of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Once we hit 1K, every podcast will have something up their sleeve that they'll be pulling out for the people. And uh, we're working on coming up with our end in the next three weeks. We're going to have guests on one way or another. We're going to ask them for insight. I'm even going to ask Coach Russo on the show in the coming weeks to help us out with something from the coach Russo show. Okay. Uh, so we got some fun stuff planned with that, but you got to subscribe to the YouTube channel and, uh, without any further ado, you'll hear it in post. Let's feed some ducks. Deej. Also looking, if there's a graphic artist out there who would like to work with us to commission us a duck playing lacrosse as our picks mascot, but it cannot look anything. Like the old school or new school Oregon Duck. Correct. We want it to be fresh. We want it to be synonymous with us. Um, so if you're a or graphic artist. Didn't Miami have a duck at one point? Uh, it's it's like a stork, I think. Okay, yeah, it can't look like that either. Yeah, it's got to be <laughs> it's got to be our own flair, our own flavor. Uh, but if there are any graphic artists listening, hit us up in the DMs on social. We'd love to work with you and figure something out because it'd be pretty cool to have a little mascot for the show. Anyway, we got Chrome, we got Chaos in the first matchup of the 2022 postseason. The 2.8% voting for Chaos to win the championship, much lower than last year where it was 3.2%. That's, hey, that's that's a whole 0.4%. That's like that's Not like that's like two whole humans. <laughs> sure. Deej, you're rocking the chrome hat right now. I hope Jack and Jared don't don't watch this episode. But if they do, oh boy, you might have two cans knocked out of your hands this weekend. <laughs> How do you see this one playing out? Oh, uh, you gonna make me go first too? Oh, of course. Sheesh. Dude. <laughs> Also, our picks of the week brought to you by our homies over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com, start playing those headlines for the NFL season, baseball playoffs, uh, PLL playoffs, everything you need. Go to playpickup.com, rack up points on your fan profiles, cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. That's playpickup.com. Listen, I'm one game back in our picks. So the pick I'm about to make is solely in terms of trying to even things up and grab a win heading out of the playoffs. So my official pick is the Chrome Lacrosse Club. But in my heart and, and truly, I'm picking chaos. But but I gotta I gotta use my head in terms of our picks and in Trending this season, the mystery box of chaos has not been good to me. So that that is my reason for the pick. But Jack, Jared, AT, Ian, the rest of my chaos boys, you know where I really lie with this. 
3.2, 13. That's where we really are. Say it with your chest. Don't whisper. I, I'm picking Chrome because they were my league pass team at the start of the year. And like you said, the mystery box that is chaos this year has not played in our favor. But y'all know where I ride with on the, on the surface and deep down. Y'all know chaos are the guys. But. You are so soft. You are so soft. You got to say that with your chest. Just, just say it outright, that's, loud, and just be, be a man about it. That's called playing it up for the camera. Nah, we don't play up nothing. You just got to be straightforward and be like, "Look, I'm wrong. I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it, and I'll face the consequences." So deep down, I'm rocking with them, but on the scoreboard, I'm going with Chrome. Archers play Redwoods. They do. In the second game. I'm going basically off of something we on this show refer to with the test tube emoji. Known as podcast science. Redwoods win. Oh, this is just all bias aside. All love. Nothing. Shout out to the Archers. Love y'all. Love oh, yeah. Coach Bates. Love Tom Schreiber. Love Grant. Will. Marcus. Ryan Ambler. Love Treasy. Connor Fields. All of them. But there's something. Uh, there's more of a chip on this Redwood shoulder than there has been in years past. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's that part. But, I mean, then, you know, for me. I got, I got my new uh, new skill that I'm adding to my resume. Season saver on, on one side. Um, you know, Miles is arguably my favorite player ever. Um, Nat, me and Nat are, are friends, <laughs> like <laughs> colleagues, mean, if you will, in the yeah, coaching yeah, community. Like, I mean, there, there's so many ties here to this Redwoods team. There's nothing that I wouldn't like more to see the Archers make it, you know, to a semifinal make it to a championship game like they deserve to be there they i want to see them there eventually just sucks that they got to go through the woods to try and do it and, and i just don't have the faith i i totally believe in all bias that the redwoods are the best team in the pll and will win the championship this year i'm basing mine simply off of the td versus Ignacio matchup too i like that in our favor um, I will say it didn't. It kind of played in our favor last time in yeah. terms of keeping that game close. And like, I think we should have won that game. It was nine ten. You know, TD won. I think it was 62 percent of his face off or something like that. Like, that's great. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. He does that again. No way to the woods lose this time. Right. But yeah, that's that's definitely. I think that's a point. huge factor right there. And uh, you know, another factor of this game is. Finn Sullivan continuing to step up in the absence of Eddie Glazner, which I think will happen. Uh, he played really, really well down the stretch for this team. And uh, RP3 is playing at MVP level, so I like the Redwoods' chances to win here. They have that experience as well, playing in the quarterfinals as much as they have. 
Um, so I'm going to give my, my tip of the cap to the Redwoods. Wild statement here. I know Nat is going to watch this. <laughs> Do I get a ring if you guys win? <laughs> Do we get a ring? You didn't ask. Qu- no. Hey, <laughs> hey now. You can get one if you want, but I mean, I... I feel like I, I, I mean, I asked the question. I've been rolling with this I, team. I, I asked the question that's been trying to ask for two years. <laughs> and so th- just, just let me know. Let, let, let me know. Just give me Matt Landis' ring. <laughs> I'll get one next year. Uh, uh, Mitch Bartolo played enough games to get facts. a ring, right? Like, can, can I just have I've, And one? I've been covering this team for four years. Mitch Bartolo war number four. I'll take that. Uh, Water Dogs Atlas is the final matchup of the weekend of the quarterfinals. Toughest game, in my opinion, to pick. But one of these teams has that dog in them. And it's literally in their team name. They're getting Ryan Brown back. I like their deep. He's questionable, which is the first time he's actually been questionable (laughs) in like two weeks. So are they? I think they are, especially since it's the playoffs. And Andy Copeland said in Dallas, he was close. He did. And I think they've just been solid enough where they could wait for him to just get fully healthy. I'm picking the Water Dogs to win. I think they have just enough depth across the board to go toe-to-toe with this Atlas team. Um, I love the Water Dogs defense. I love Dylan Ward. And uh, I don't know, something about this Water Dogs team all year has just like drawn me into them more than years past. And I just like the way they're playing right now. And I think they, they have what it takes to, to pull out a win here and go get a date with the Whip Snakes in Washington, D.C. As much as I would love to see this team win because of how I think things should go for a certain team to win it all, I don't think that is going to happen. Atlas has been in multiple games this year that they've lost in the last minute, minute and a half, two minutes, 30 seconds over time where they threw it away themselves. One of those games was against the Water Dogs in Denver. Atlas had a nice lead. I think it was two goals with a couple minutes left. They literally handed the game to the Water Dogs and and then lost in overtime. Trevor was also just really returning from his hamstring injury. He was labored, wasn't really himself, wasn't running up and down the field. Teep was held considerably in check. I don't think any of those things are factors this time around. And just for the sake of dramatics, not only did I just make that long speech, but I'm disagreeing with you and going with Atlas. 
Fair enough. Solely for dramatics and records. I'm also leaning water dogs the way I am because everybody knows when your team gets a documentary made about them during a season or preseason or postseason, it leads to bad things. Oh, so the Lions. They're donezo. Yes. Because so are my Packers. But, hey. Atlas having that doc around them all season long while it's fantastic content it's just a bad omen in all of sports will that trend continue we'll see that's just i'm using the math maths when it comes to the hard knocks of the world and everything like that the all or nothings you probably should have wore a different color hat it's all great for the optics brother <laughs> shout out to kenwood um right chaos all for the optics <laughs> So I'm going with Water Dogs. So to recap our picks, DJ and I are both going with Chrome, but in our heart of hearts, we're going with Chaos. Uh, we're both going with the Redwoods, but we do love the Archers. There's no bad blood there. Um, also, Redwoods Archers feels like very similar to Redwoods Chaos in terms of like it's a respectful rivalry. Do you think there's respect between Redwoods Chaos? Yeah. It's not like Whips Woods where, like, they just full-blown hate each other. Like, those two teams, like, they go to war. So you mean like that – let me let me find a – oh, you mean like mm, – no. You mean like that Michigan-Penn State. Means nothing to me, but sure. But, like, no, like, you get the, the – I don't because I'm not a college know. football guy. Well, not even just football, just – in general, like those teams don't hate each other, but they're they play with emotion, they they play sure. hard, and there's that that mutual level of I know they're gonna come and compete, yes. and I like that they will come and compete, so I will give them that same standard back. Yes, and maybe it's something like that. And from the outside looking in, for a, a different perspective of that too, while they were heated rivalries, it was a respectful rivalry. The Brady versus Peyton. Colts Patriots saga. Mm -hmm. That's how I kind of view chaos in Redwoods. Like there's mutual respect for the players. The coaches respect the hell out of each other, and they know they're going to go to war on the field. But once everything's over and done with, it's respectful. The guys get along. Everything like that. I feel similarly about Archers and Redwoods, where Bates and Nat are going to game plan for each other. It's going to be a chess match. The players are going to dog it out there. But then afterwards, shake hands. It's kumbaya. Um, so, yeah, we're both going Redwoods. I'm going Dogs. DJ's going Atlas. And those are our PLL playoffs, Boston quarterfinals, picks of the week, powered by the homies over at Pickup. DJ, let's quickly uh, dive into Fate of a Sport. We've both gotten the chance to watch it now. I've actually watched it twice. Uh, watched it with CFO Margie. She loved it. Um, I loved it. It had me ready to run through a brick wall 10 times over. It just further confirmed how much I get along with Mike Rabel from a business side of things and how we're building everything with OTB and Underground in a similar sense of how Mike and Paul are building the PLL. That's why I feel like Mike and I have such a strong connection with one another and are able to just connect on so many different levels because we operate. When Paul said, you know, 
doubt fuels Mike, I'm the same fucking way. Plug that charger into me, and I'm going to get that much more powerful if you doubt me or anybody that's on my team. Um, it, it was fun going back in time because, like, as everything with the PLL and MLL was happening was right when I started getting into lacrosse and right when OTB started. So, like, I remember all of that happening behind the scenes, but I wasn't too familiar with all of the optics. So, like, Fate of a Sport literally lines up timeline-wise with everything we've done on this podcast from start to finish. And it was cool just kind of going down, like, memory lane and, like, following along from their perspective of everything we were doing on a podcast covering the league. And it was also, I felt very, uh, the episode of SpongeBob when he says he was in the TV commercial and he points to the, the corner and the Krusty Krab and his hat's just poking out and says, see you later, Brian Flakes. Uh, I felt that way on multiple occasions when they showed games. I was like, oh, I was there. I was there. I was, I was there. And when they showed the, the press box in Philly in 2019, I was like, oh, there's me. There's me up at the press box. That I'm there. I was in the dock. I was in the dock. When, when Salt Lake showed up from last show, I was like, there's Teach. There he is. I'm right there. There's my man. There it is. <laughs> Baltimore 2019 showed up. I was like, oh, I was at that one. That was me. I was there. Gillette showed up. I was like, ah! ah! That was one of the worst weekends of my life. <laughs> there it is. Literally ever. And I mean, I, dude. By proxy, DJ and I were both in the dock, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just uncredited, Literally. but it's fine. Literally almost. We'll be done. in the next one. Facts. Facts. But and, oh, and, and all jokes credits. aside. With credits. All jokes aside, the dock fucking is amazing. And even if you're not a lacrosse person or have never watched a single second of lacrosse, you should watch this documentary because it's so fascinating. Yeah, even, even in terms of being a business person, if you don't want to watch lacrosse if you're not interested in sports not interested in lacrosse at all even if you are interested in sports but you're a business person or you're interested in business at all watch it for that aspect just taking out lacrosse like entirely and looking at it for the terms of they went into this making a business it will give you totally different insight than what you'll get from a lot of other people because it's just raw you know emotion and raw reaction to things that are happening in their life at that very moment like it you can't get better advice than testimonial advice yep. like a, a documentary like this is good for you know people getting into the sport of lacrosse fans getting into the sport of lacrosse or people just starting businesses or doing anything in life just their perseverance through the doc just shows like it's all about what you put your mind to and like that's why i love lacrosse it reminds me so much of my life like and and specifically the pll literally reminds me of my life like they they seemed like a fatherless baby they had this skeleton of you know other leagues where they can look around and be like okay they did this they did this mm -hmm. they did that they did this and they can take all these pieces to create themselves and create a league but they didn't get the two-parent household with the picket fence where you know they got the the league that got handed to them or they got two different small leagues that merged together to make a very defined league that the right. NBA and the NFL and, and these other leagues had. They're literally picking up from the bottom with pieces and, and you know, almost putting together a paper mache project. Like, that's almost what it seems like. And just to see the type of things that they went through behind the scenes, hear some of the things that were said to them, and it's just like, one, it made me just like want to go fight some of those people, honestly. Like, 
the things that Paul and, and Mike were doing were only to make the sport better, were mm-hmm. only to get them more money. You know, MLO owners who had certain things to say. Like, he was only trying to make the sport better. He is, he wasn't trying to take the MLO away. He wasn't – that was not his plan at all, ever. Right. He just wanted a new avenue for players and fans to enjoy, to broaden the sport. You could have came over and kept your team and done whatever and, and you know, added money to your pocket. But people just have these ideas that things have to go a certain way. I'm just really proud of their perseverance and, and how they put it together and were able to grow it into what it is now and, and what it will be. And, I mean, I can't even imagine what the PLL is going to be like in 10 years. Like, in another 10 years, you're going to need another doc just about the yep. time between when Fate of the Sport dropped and and that point because there's going to be a whole other line of history worth talking about. And – you as a former player now coach did you ever have to go to the cvs across the street and break up a bag of ice to ice your broken ankle in two places <laughs> dog i've i've lived granted i didn't play professionally but i've lived some wild playing days like first off starting in high school everything i had was was passed down from old teammates my my stick i got from my coach literally had nothing of my own but a pair of cleats and like a cup that was it and, you know, I was I was working and fundraising and stuff just to play. And then, you know, we were lucky enough to have a trainer. But my, my games and practices weren't even at my high school. They were at my rival high school across town that we had to combine with. Was your and locker room a tent? We didn't have a locker room. <laughs> so you, you related with Ryan Flanagan there. We didn't even have a tent. We didn't even have a tent. We changed on our sideline. Like, if parents showed up early enough, they see me dropping my pants from school and putting on my shorts. So serious. Like, it, it's wild, you know, kind of like where you have to start. And, you know, even getting to college, like, yeah, things got better. I was on I was on a campus and I had a lot of readily available things. But practicing 10 to midnight and getting out of practice at midnight, um, first off, when you go to a small D3 college, cafe is closed. The only thing open in town was Taco Bell. I ate Taco Bell Monday through Friday. So it's your pizza and beer. Dog. Every day, Monday through Friday, at like 1 o'clock, I'm rolling through the Taco Bell line. At that point, they pretty much knew our names. It was me and a couple of my, home, us a couple of my teammates. We went all the time after practice, and they were like, yeah. You know, one time we rolled up, and they were like, your total's 33-12. And we were like, what? They were like, yeah, you guys going to get a couple quesadillas, this, 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 and that. And we're like, dude. This is this bad. Is bad. <laughs> but, like, we had no other choice because there literally was nothing else open on campus or even in, in the city. We, I, I went to a small school. was in a small city. Very few options. And then I come back home. I get ready to coach. And I'm in a position where there wasn't a coach, wasn't a team. I got there. I had to find my jersey. My jerseys are missing for weeks. I found them the day before my first game. I had to go buy a bucket of balls out of my own pocket for the beginning of the, the season and then got reimbursed. Like I definitely understand to, to a point, you know, a small, I understand on a smaller scale, what Paul and Mike are going through running the league. Like obviously they're on a much higher scale doing all of the things that I'm doing for one team for eight teams, plus some other things because they're a legitimate business and league. But I definitely understand how hard it is to run a lacrosse program, mm-hmm. a team, a, a league because it's it's not easy doing it even on the smallest scale because of how spread out the resources are. I think my favorite part was when they 
were getting ready for the merger and basically said, we offered to buy them two and a half years ago for $35 million. Now we're buying them out for a million bucks. And then Paul literally puts that thing on the table and says, the merger was all about getting Lyle, which just a, an all-time quote, just pretty much bought the MLL for a million. You pretty much bought Lyle Thompson out for a million dollars, which is insane to think about. Um, he only worth a milli? Right? <laughs> Y'all MLL owners got fleeced. Man. Well, I, I say I think they're on the wrong side. Like, obviously, I feel like Paul would have paid more for mm-hmm. him. But Tried to. I mean, yeah. And, then, you know, they only gave him away for a million. Like, y'all are bugging, dog. Um, just the persistence with the phone calls every day with every single player. And then you remember who were on all the rosters and everything year one and who you were waiting for. I, was surpri- I think the only surprise I had from the doc that wasn't included was was the just saga and buildup of RP3 coming over. I was, I was, you know, intrigued that that was kind of left out in a sense because like, especially because they talked about Lyle and yeah. him playing with Lyle again after playing with cannons and like all of that. And it was like, what about him playing with Rob, Rob again after he played with him in New York? And that was like the buildup, like the two big names year one that everybody talked about that weren't on teams was Rob Pinnell and Lyle Thompson. Those were the two names. Then Rob comes over, obviously big reveal, big announcement. And then it was, when is Lyle coming over? When's Lyle making the jump? When is this happening? Then it happens. And I don't know if, in any sport, let alone lacrosse, we'll get another awaited debut more so than the Lyle Thompson debut in the PLL. That debut felt special. It felt like here's this generational talent. Here's, you know, obviously everybody calls Paul the the LeBron of, of lacrosse, but like right now, like Lyle is the, the it guy whoever you want to compare him to in any other sport, like he's the it guy of lacrosse and will be for arguably the next decade. That debut and that build up to Lyle coming out in a cannons uniform with Paul expansion team in Boston for their debut. I don't know if we'll ever get another anticipation of a debut than we got with that. I'll say, All the Cavs end up on the woods, and the last one gets drafted to the woods. That <laughs> debut will be insane. It'll be insane for sure. And I think Connor Schellenberger's debut will be insane as well. But I don't know. Well, I'm looking at it simply too because Lyle was already in the pros. I just don't know if like we'll have that emotional like long-awaited feeling where like we know Schellenberger is going to come to the pros we know you know the Cavs one way or another will continue to play and everything but that long-awaited debut for the face of a sport to finally come over to play with the best of the best in the new format of the sport that he plays 
that was just like something that will stick in my mind forever when it, when Lyle said, "Hey, sorry I'm late." Would 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 LeBron coming over top that? To what? Like if there was <laughs> like if LeBron came over and played the cross and said he was he signed a contract to play in the PLL, put on a jersey, would his debut, his awaited debut outshine Lyle's? What do you think? No. In terms of just the lacrosse community? Yeah. Okay. I was like, because I think, obviously. Obviously, the sports world style, will yeah. blow it out of the water. But in a lacrosse standpoint, where, like, Lyle is Native American. Like, this is his sport. This is, like, he's the face of his sport. I don't think we'll ever get anything close to that. In terms of that awaited debut. And to relive that in the dock was just, like, I had chills. I was like, man, that because like when when you're watching it happen, you're so in the moment with it. But then when you sit back and reflect on like how special it was for Lyle to finally come over, finally be playing on that big stage. It was just so freaking cool. Yeah. the My favorite part about the doc was. Watching Paul's meltdown in the locker room and going. Why do I talk to myself that way? <laughs> like, seriously, like, I I ask myself what type of competitor I am. I ask myself, you know, what the fuck am I doing? I ask myself, you know, how fucking hard is that? Like, I, I ask myself these things all the time, and it's like, why am I not nicer mm -hmm. to myself? But, like, it also was, like, nice to see that raw emotion yeah. from Paul. Like, we haven't really seen it. That and then the thing with Matt. Landis. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like, fuck you pointing at me for. Don't do that. And I'm like, slap him in their fucking dicks. <laughs> Such a quote. And Mike just laughs. He's like, uh. that was so funny though. Cause I'm like, yeah, that's exactly how you should feel, Paul. Like, what is the point in pointing at Paul? Because he runs the league and he pays you. How about, what if he fired you right there? Yeah, buddy, pack your stuff and never come back to a weekend. Like, Come on, just have Man, a little bit what, of respect for the guy. What would have happened to Jack Rowlett then last year? <laughs> I forgot about that. I was there in person for that, too. I believe. No, it was Long no, Island. That was Long Island. You're right. I was there. I was you were. electric. <laughs> Tossed his helmet halfway across the fucking field. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me was the very end. And Paul said, I might come back 2023. We've talked about it on this show. Paul's probably not done. He's got too much of that competitive spirit in him uh, to not go out on top or at least as close to the top as he can. <laughs> I just had a crazy light bulb moment. Oh, man. <laughs> what if? Shout out to Jeffrey Wright. Expansion. Yes. Expansion. What if? <laughs> Next year is a certain team that was in the MLL. And that's why Paul comes back. One, I don't think we're expanding next year. Simply because I, I brought this up to Nat with the championship series being the format that it is. And everybody's talked about, you know, how much added on expenses it would be for another team. And then you're making it an odd number again where I think they're waiting to get to a point where it is comfortable 
to expand with two teams at once. So then it is that even 10. Uh, and I think, as crazy as this sounds, I think the Lizards are the last team that gets added in because all of their social media is gone. <laughs> That's fair. All their social media is gone, but... I think the next... You can't just make new social media. That is true. <laughs> but I think, knowing the sickos that Mike and Paul are with social media, something tells me somebody is in the background trying to recover those accounts. I wouldn't be surprised. And, and that's what they're waiting on with that. But and, I think the next two expansion media, teams are Denver and Chesapeake. Yes, I was going to say Chesapeake I definitely think will be the next if you bring in that 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 part of it. I think the Barrage have a decent chance as well to slide in. Please just change that name. I doubt they will. Please get rid of it. What do you want them to change it to? Polar Any, Bears? Anything but Barrage. Polar Bears? Polar Bears Lacrosse Club would be fucking sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah be sick so a barrage across club why can't we dude polar have... bears and redwoods would be fucking rivals why, instantaneously why, just because of the logos why can't we just have both <laughs> why can't we just have polar bears and the barrage because we shouldn't have team names that are adverbs well we're already past that what is the chrome we literally can't say chrome chrome is an adjective but <laughs> it's a descriptive word <laughs> Like, Adverbs should not be team names. It's so funny just hearing them say the Chrome. <laughs> I don't it's think I ev- have ever called them the Chrome. I don't. I say Chrome. Yeah. But like all of the announcers say the Chrome. Yeah, I don't call them that. But like you think about everybody else, it's the Redwoods, the Water Dogs. Atlas is the same. Like Atlas is weird to me too. They say, most of the time they say the Atlas Lacrosse Club. That's like the person that you can't say their their first name only. You got to say their full name. Yes, like I don't know, think I call chaos they, the chaos. They just say whip snakes. They just say chaos. They just say cannons. They just say archers. But like Atlas and Chrome, it's like the Atlas Lacrosse Club yeah. and the Chrome. Stop doing that. <laughs> just say the men at that point. Just say the men. The buttes. On ESPN. <laughs> the buttes. <laughs> All these buttes out here running around. Hey, look at these buttes out here running around over there trying to get their asses over to fucking Philly for the championship game. Dude, when championship weekend comes out, Delco Dan's coming out. I'll tell you that much. I need them crab fries. Del- Delco Dad is coming out on the pod. I need them crab fries. I'm going to try and drag Quite back, too. Uh, get them back. <laughs> Shout out to Nat. St. Laurent for coming on the pod this week. Make sure you guys follow us on the socials at OTB Lax Pod. Watch Fate of a Sport. We'll be talking more about it, I'm sure, over the next couple of weeks with guests that we get on. Um, but make sure you're following us at OTB Lax Pod. Twitter and Instagram. Follow DJ on Twitter at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It goes a long way for more people finding the show and helping us grow. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of OTB and all your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia podcasts. Comment down below your thoughts on Fate of a Sport, your picks for the playoffs, all that good stuff. Uh, Obviously, some NLL news happened this week. We'll get into it. Don't worry. I know the Randy Stotts trade is massive. It's okay. We'll be talking about it. Um, But, of course, subscribe, smash that like button, ring the bell icon, 
And a uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Tom Oakshades, Pickup, Kenwood Beer, and Bino Board. All of their info is linked in the description on YouTube and in the show notes on audio. And this has been episode number 237 of the allegedly award-nominated number nine ranked and viewable on YouTube. Outside the Box Podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. We'll see you in Boston. But until then, DJ and I are going to get the heck out of here. Peace. And that's outside the box.